Hello and welcome to this Building Blocks episode, Unpacking the Case. Today, I am once again joined by our Head of Legal Training here at DJB, Richard Snape, who will be talking me through the details of Federated Homes and Mill Lodge, a case from 1979. Richard, would you mind giving me a bit of an overview of this case, please? Yeah, it's uh, about passing the benefit of restrictive covenants. Um, no, restrictive covenants are equitable property rights. Um, you know, the burden passes, well, if the title's registered, subject to uh, showing up on the register. Um, you know, if the covenantor sells the land, the burden passes if it shows up on the register. If it's a covenant created from 1926 onwards, where the title's unregistered, have to be protected against third-party purchase by registering D2 land charge. But if it was before 1926, uh, then it depends on the old doctrine of notice, should you or your agents know about it. But in terms of does the benefit pass to a covenantee's successor, uh, historically, the obvious way of doing so would be by expressly annexing it to the land or assigning the benefit. And there have been numerous cases, including, I suppose, starting off with a 1900 case called Rogers and Hosegood, uh, which says that you can expressly annex the benefit um, by making clear the covenants are annexed to the land and passed to successors. But uh, the case was really about uh, what happens if you haven't expressly annexed the covenants. What were the background facts? Yeah, it was um, It's quite a complex background set of facts. It was about some land right for development, the poor parcels of land. It was uh, on the edge of, well, used to be on the edge of what's uh, Newport Pagnell in Buckinghamshire. And the four parcels of land were originally owned by the same person, the same business, Mackenzie Hill. Uh, They were named the sort of red, green, blue and pink land. Uh, The pink land didn't really feature as a factor in the case, what the red, blue and green land did. Uh, The land, the term the blue land, was uh, sold to Mill Lodge. And... um, Mill Lodge covenanted that they wouldn't uh, build more than 300 houses um, on this particular piece of land. The reason you want to impose that covenant is because they do build more than 300 houses. It's going to affect your planning permission for the land that you to retain. Um, they built the 300 houses, but at a later stage, uh, got planning permission and wanted to build another 32 houses. The red and green land had been transferred to a series of companies until eventually it had come into the hands of Federated Homes and Federated Homes object to this. Um, some covenants have been assigned. I say this is very complicated, but to cut a long story short, uh, there'd been no express annexation of the covenants uh, to the land. There was no mention of you know, passing with the land and successors and title. But uh, it's section 78 of the Law of Property Act, um, uh, which uh, the Court of Appeal discussed. Um, and uh, although it's a 1925 piece of legislation, this 1979 case was the first case that really fully discussed this. So what does section 78 actually say? It only applies uh, to covenants created since the Law of Property Act came into force, which was on January the 1st, 1926. So it's not going to help you. And pre-1926 covenants. Um, But it says that a covenant relating to any land of the covenantee shall be deemed to have been made with the covenantee and his successors and title. It goes on a bit more than that, but that's the gist of it. 
And the Code of Appeal decided that that means what it says, the covenants automatically pass with the land. There was another case, another Code of Appeal case in 1995, Robinson Barclay Homes, which said the same thing. Uh, so the covenants pass. Um, there was a case, 1984 case, that made it quite clear. One of the problems with Section 78 is it doesn't allow for you to, to sort of state otherwise. It just says, you know, covenants are deemed to be made with successes and title. But there was a case, Roken Charter, back in 1984, that said uh, you can always express the country. Um, you know, you can always make the covenants personal, but you have to expressly do so if you don't want them to pass with the land. Okay, thank you, Richard. And finally, has there been any other developments since? Yeah, there have been several cases, actually, which sort of, if you like, indirectly, you know, they don't question Federated Homes and Mill Lodge, but indirectly, sort of, you know, the covenants have been deemed to be not to pass to successes and title. There's one case, um, City Inn and uh, 10 Trinity Square, which was all about the, it's all near Tower Hill, um in london um the old mariner's house which used to be the uh, the um the headquarters of the port of london authority years ago um which they wanted to build a city in and uh 10 trinity square is where four seasons hotel a five-star hotel where i've stayed uh they um was objecting to this it's actually the subject matter of a podcast we did on restrictive covenants so you know, if you wanted to know about the detail of that, you can find our podcasts on Spotify. Another case, a more simpler case, was a case called Marjorison and Bates from 2009, where the Covenants basically said that the transferor consents to plans. And the transferor was an individual. And transferor was not defined as including successes, which usually they are, but sometimes they're not. The tribunal decided that... Uh, the, because it says the transferor consents to plans without mentioning successes, it was just the transferor. And successors did not get the benefit. And if the transferor is dead, which they were, then nobody can consent to plans, just like if a company is no longer in existence, there's nobody to consent to plans. So if you haven't defined the transferor as including successors, sort of, um, it appears that the covenants don't pass for the land. Controversial. Richard, thank you so much for talking me through that. That was really interesting. And to all of our listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Unpacking the Case as much as we have.